0: When it comes to business and frankly, all types of success, our culture seems so focused on doing it fast. Get rich quick, get 10,000 followers fast, get 10K months now, build and scale quickly. Those are all the messages we're sent multiple times a day. And of course, because of that, it's no wonder we often feel like things are happening slowly or we feel like we should be be doing more or we feel like we're falling behind. I know a lot of us feel this pressure to do more, to be more, to do it faster. Why didn't we do it yesterday? Come on. And I know also that a lot of us feel lonely and isolated. We look around wondering why we aren't more successful, no matter what the definition of success is. There's a beautiful African proverb that I believe describes what we need to shift. If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Today's episode is about this, going far together. Our society is hyper-individualized. We are doing it all without villages, support networks, and without the close-knit family and friends here to support us. This episode is about changing that and doing it differently and going together in the context of life and business. Today's guest is the incredible Danielle Weeb. Danielle is a community builder, a collaboration expert, a business strategist, and the founder of Business Babes Collective, a global community for female entrepreneurs. She has over 11 years of entrepreneurial experience in multiple different industries, including sales for high-end electronics, health and wellness, weddings, conferences, and digital marketing. Danielle loves teaching women to create strategic and profitable collaborations, as well as building a strong foundation and systems to scale their businesses without having to work around the clock. 2020 turned Danielle's business upside down. The main source of her income for her business was events, and that was gone overnight when Danielle was then forced to do a massive pivot online. At the same time, she also found out she was pregnant and dealing with major burnout. Within the last three years, Danielle has pivoted her entire business online, been able to replace a lost income, and scale her online community, which now reaches thousands of women around the world through her social media channels, email list, and podcast. As you can tell, she's incredibly inspiring, and you're going to learn a lot. In this episode, you're going to understand what stops people from collaborating and be able to recognize it and move past it for yourself. You're going to hear why the old school mindset of needing to, quote, crush your competition is rooted in scarcity and learn a new way to look at your competition that sets you apart and sets you up for success. You're going to see what's possible because of collaborations and be open to the possibilities and the way it can change your life and business. You're also going to hear how you can get started, even if you're new, maybe you're not sure what value you have to offer, or if you feel like you get that dreaded imposter syndrome, the old, I don't know enough, I have nothing to offer, who do I think I am, I don't have enough followers clout, whatever that is. You're going to hear examples and lessons from both the super successful collaborations Danielle's had, and also the disastrous one. You're going to walk away from this episode with powerful tips on collaboration, including what kind of research to do, how to track your contacts, how to build genuine relationships, how to pitch, and all those steps to make it happen. I know you're going to be inspired by the stories of, you know, big quote, big name collaborations of which Danielle has done many, and you're going to feel confident and maybe even comfortable and excited to hear no as you learn how to reframe rejection and feel confident even when you get no's. In this episode, you're gonna understand that community isn't just something that's nice to have, it's truly essential. And you'll gain awareness that collaborations truly are one of the fastest ways to scale your business and reach your goals. This is about showing you that there's a different way to grow your business and opening your mind to the idea that consistent collaborations and working collectively is a great way to grow your business. And it might just be a little bit better than just trying to go viral and leaving it up to chance. By the end of this episode, you're going to look at your competition as your biggest collaborative partners and allies and know where to start. Get ready to feel excited, inspired, maybe a little nerve-sided to try it. And without further ado, my friend, let's learn all about collaborations. Welcome to the Golden Girls Podcast, where we believe you can have it all. I'm your host, Lisa Michaud, and I'm spilling tangible tips, goal-getting strategies, and real-life stories to inspire you to tackle your biggest dreams. You're a woman who knows you're made for more. Get ready to leave the excuses and self-doubt behind by being vulnerable, sharing your truth, and having honest conversations so you can succeed on your terms. Together, we'll set goals you'll actually achieve by staying motivated, having fun, and building a community of women empowering women. It's time to tap into your best self, get confident, and truly have it all. Golden Girl, let's dive in. Danielle is a community builder, collaboration expert, business strategist, and the founder of Business Babes Collective, a global community for female entrepreneurs. I've personally had the honor of knowing Danielle for over seven years, and she is someone who truly walks the talk of community building, collaboration, and going far together. That's why I'm so excited to have her here today to talk to us about partnerships, collaborations, and how to experience growth in both your business and your personal life. Danielle, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for
1: being here. Thank you so much for having me, Lisa. I cannot wait for this conversation. Oh, me too. I feel like it's been years in the making. So, I have had the pleasure of knowing you for a
0: long time. But for those of you, those people listening who don't know you, can you walk us back in time and share how you got into entrepreneurship and what your story is of creating Business Babes Collective?
1: Yeah, so uh, I have been an entrepreneur now for, or in the entrepreneurial space, I like to say in the entrepreneurial space because some of my entrepreneurial kind of journey started with working for small businesses and then also having side businesses side businesses of my own and really navigating okay what do I want to do like <laughs> what do I want to do when I grow up what do, do what do I want to do when I you know um, for the rest of my life and, and how do I want to serve people and I always knew it was going to be in business but I didn't know exactly what that looked like and so when I first got started I was working for my mom's company helping her build a global consulting company that um, worked with Highland Electronics. I also worked for my sister's business. She was a wedding planner. And so I did hosting events for her. Um, and then I also worked in the health and wellness industry um, doing business that way. And then my first like official, I think, I guess, quote unquote, real business was set up with a partnership. And that was while I was still in university. And um, that was a really cool experience. We actually did like social media and um, website development for clients. And I feel like that's, Also, where I kind of learned a lot about uh, pitching, I learned a lot about failure, I learned a lot about um, what it takes to really build a business and build a brand. And so there was so many learning aspects in that. And during that time, like while I was kind of just dipping my feet into all these different entrepreneurial, I guess, um, avenues, I started networking as well. So I'd go to all these networking events and, um, you know, be part of all these different communities and sometimes I would meet really great people, really cool people, but I always kind of felt somewhat like I didn't belong and I felt like I often was one of the only women in the room. I was often one of the youngest in the room. And I just felt like I always had to kind of pretend that I was someone else or pretend I was more successful than I was. And it felt like everything that I was doing felt, it felt a little bit inauthentic. And so I realized like, I want community for myself. I want to create or at the time I said, I want a space where I can feel encouraged and supported and be able to connect and collaborate with other entrepreneurs. But I don't feel like there's that space out there right now for me. And so that was when I started hosting these little pop-up events and workshops. And I would invite people that really inspired me that I wanted to learn from and connect with. And really, that's how it started. And At the beginning, it was just sort of something I did on the side as sort of a passion project, I guess, and then I don't know if any other um, entrepreneurs who are listening can relate to this, but it just became something like, oh my goodness, now I was obsessed with this thing and it's all I could think about, it's all, like I would stay up super late just thinking of ideas and I would wake up in the middle of the night with ideas and it just consumed my every thought and so that's when I realized okay this is something that I know that I want to pursue and I was also getting feedback from people as well that it was something that other people needed Needed was community and was to to be a part of a collective of people like this and so that's really what started the whole journey of building this brand and I'm sure we'll get into it but there has been so many twists and turns and pivots and changes along the way but it's been 8 years now that we've been running this this brand so Wow. Congratulations
0: on eight years. It's amazing. And I know there has been lots of pivots, especially in the last few years. Um, you know, you touched on two things that I really love and I just want to pull out from here. You know, I love that you shared that your entrepreneurial journey started before the day you started your business and it started with mm-hmm. all the skills that you learned beforehand and how you supported other businesses. And I think that's just such a great reframe for everybody listening because you don't just wake up and start a business and start with zero. Like you actually bring all the experience beforehand and it's also, I think, really encouraging for anybody who may not be in the right moment for whatever reason of starting a a business from scratch today. But like, remember that all the pieces that you're learning along the way will help you in your journey. Um, And the other thing I love that you said is, you know, you actually started this from a need you felt yourself. And Mm -hmm. it was a problem that you were facing, something that you were struggling with. And chances are, if you are facing that problem, so are other people. And so that's the, that's, I think, why you're such a great entrepreneur is because you're so good at listening to yourself and listening to your community and you have such a great heart to actually want to make change and make things better. So yeah, thank you for sharing those. So good. Now I remember, I remember going back, like I I should look at my calendar. I bet you I still have the invite, Uh, but like it was at least seven years ago. The first time you and I got to connect, it was at the Birds and the Beats in Gastown, Vancouver. Uh, And I remember- chatting with you and walking away being like, wow, Danielle is so genuine. I want more of Danielle in my life. She's just amazing. And I'm curious, like, do you feel like you always had this natural ability to collaborate and connect with people? Or is that something that you had to change your mind about and build skills around? i realize this is like a really big nature versus nurture conversation, but you know, where, where do you feel you fall on that?
1: Oh, I think this is such a good question. It's a question I get a lot, and I think it's a little bit of both. I have always loved just people, like in general. Like I've always loved connecting with others, and I think that that started when I was when I was young. But I think the the whole concept of meeting new people and getting to know new people and really. uh when it comes to business, like connecting and figuring out how can we help each other? How can we support each other? And obviously we're going to get into the whole like collaboration piece that has definitely developed over time. Cause one, um, I, I always, I always like to share this because I think it's really important. When I was really young, I was so incredibly shy. Like I, my, I got the, this feedback on, I think it was like my kindergarten, you know, like report card. It's not really a report card, but, um, um, and, and the only thing it said on it was Danielle is now finally making friends. <laughs> it was like at the end of the year is like, because I was so shy and I, and I didn't want to hang out with the other kids. I only wanted to hang out with the, with the leaders. Cause like I felt comfortable with them. And so it was just, it's such a funny thing to think about that. Right. And like, so w- when people say like, oh, you're so outgoing or you're so you naturally connect with people it's because I do it on a daily basis. Like it's, it's, it is a practice, right? And so uh, even when I go to events that are not my own events, I'm nervous because I don't know what I'm walking into. I don't know what kind of environment. I don't know who's going to be there. Am I going to know anyone? Are people going to be friendly? Those are all fears that I have as well when I walk into rooms. Now I've learned how to feel those fears, but then be like, you know, jump in anyways and and go. I don't let that hold me back. But um, and I've I've built skills around like starting conversations and building relationships. But I think that people hold themselves back when it comes to building those connections and relationships because they say to themselves or they, you know, they make the excuse really of, well, I'm an introvert or I'm shy or um, I don't really know how to strike up conversations. Those are all learned skills that you can and do need to learn in business because business is people. (laughs) And so um, I don't know if that fully answered your question, Lisa, but that's uh, kind of, I guess, what I felt called to share in that is, yes, some of it is natural where I love people, but the skill set of and having the confidence to reach out to people and connect with people has, has definitely developed over time and it's continuing to develop as well. So yeah, the perfect answer, Danielle. That's
0: so good. So good. Mm-hmm. And I just want to give little baby Danielle in kindergarten. A hug is so sweet. You know, I think um, it's so interesting because our culture North America very much pushes the extrovert personality. And -hmm. I think it's really interesting because I honestly believe this and I'm an extrovert. Uh, I don't know where you think you fall, but like, I think introverts actually have a huge advantage here when it comes to business and when it comes to connections and collaborations, because I as an extrovert find energy from like lots and like, it's exciting and it's new. And like that for me is a lot of energy, but I feel like introverts have such an advantage because they get to know people really deep and enjoy those like really meaningful connections and are Able to, you know, remember like their not na- maybe more natural skill set is like to actually remember some of those details and be able to like connect people on a really beautiful level. And so I always love like you know, I love that you shared that. Selena Sue is an introvert that I always think about like how she's built mm-hmm. her business through very intimate connections. Um, Susan Cain's book Quiet. You know, I think that it's mm-hmm. I, I think you brought up a really important point. And again, not not to make it that introvert or extrovert, but just to recognize that like that. There are skills in this, and even if your natural tendency is not to go out and meet a hundred people at an event, there's still so many beautiful strengths in that, and it's about leaning into that that is that's awesome. Thank you for sharing yeah, that.
1: Yeah, and I think too, like it's you know your your goal for going to an event or or even just like connecting online or whatever it is, like it is that quality. Over the quantity, right? Like the quality of the, and I don't mean quality of people. I mean like everyone is valuable, but I mean the quality of the relationships that you're building over the quantity. And <clears throat> so I think everyone, I, I think the business world is is so obsessed with numbers. Which yes, it's good to know your numbers, and yes. Like I track my numbers, I track my finances, I track my, you know, uh, email list and all of those things are important. But at the same time, for me, I'm like, okay, well, how can I actually, how can I actually build a deeper relationship with my community, with the people that I want to connect and collaborate with and work with? And that is actually going to, believe it or not, it's going to be a faster way to reach more people quicker like the the goal that you have it's like almost like you have to you have to go at it from like the opposite way that you think you have to go at it if that makes sense so it's like building deep the building the deep relationships and having those intimate connections with people are actually going to support you more to build a bigger and broader audience than trying to go just broad to everyone does that make sense (laughs) It totally does. It totally does, and such a such a great reframe.
0: So you mentioned a couple of things that stop you. You know, or they don't stop you, but they come up before you go to an event. So I, I don't yeah. know who I'm going to meet. What if people aren't kind? How, how am I going to fit in? All those things. Um, wh- what do you think stops people from collaborating? Why do you, Why does Why doesn't everybody just naturally know this? Why aren't more businesses doing this? Why aren't people talking about this?
1: Okay, so I think the main Big reason is because one of our, I think as humans... Um, one of our biggest fears is rejection. And I think that's why a lot of people are afraid to speak. Like I know public speaking is like a huge fear for people where they're afraid of like, what is everyone else thinking of me? You know, what if I go up there and I totally flop? Um, and, And it same goes for building relationships and building connections and reaching out to connect or collaborate with someone we're all fearful of people saying no, right? And so that's what I think holds most people back It is that piece. And so I think it's the faster you can understand that rejection is part of the process and it's completely normal and it's okay to be rejected. I think that's when we can realize that, you know, it, Ultimately, the goal isn't to have everyone say yes to you. It's actually to just put yourself out there and try to build connections and collaborative relationships with people that you admire, that share values with you, that all of those things. And sometimes the answer is going to be no right now it's not over always a no forever. I I think that's really important to recognize is that if someone rejects you, that doesn't mean that it's always going to be a no. I have plenty of examples of people being no's. And then, you know, at the beginning when I was building my brand and business and community, there's a lot of people that said no, because I didn't have anything to show for it. I didn't, I didn't have a community at the time. I was building my community. So I got a lot of no's. And then now as the business has has grown and evolved. And, you know, people see like, oh, wow, they've been doing this for eight years. It wasn't just like a flash in the pan. I do get more yeses now, but I still get no's. Like I still have no's. And it's because I am getting outside of my comfort zone and, and you know, connecting with people that I am nervous to connect with that have these crazy big platforms. And, um, but I do it anyways, because I know that Uh, My goal is to build a a collaborative partnership. I want to bring value to them. And so I don't feel weird or I don't feel awkward about reaching out because my goal is to provide value and um, to, to have it be like a mutual connection partnership. So yeah, again, I think people are so scared of that rejection piece. And so whenever we're building our business, the faster we can get over that, honestly, the faster you're going to grow, I think is my advice for people. One of the things I love that
0: you said in there in terms of reframing rejection that I'm going to pull out is if you're not getting no's, it probably means that you're you're not thinking big enough. You're not outside your comfort zone. You're actually going to be keeping yourself playing small. So I think that's a really great way to reframe it. Um, and you know, mm-hmm. I I don't know, do you, do you track your nose? I know you said you track things. Do you ever track yeah, how many nose yeah. you get? Yeah. Okay. I mean, that can be so exciting too, right? Like how many nose can I get? Because if I'm getting nose, it means I'm like expanding out of what what is comfortable
1: and what is assumed.
0: I love that. So good. So good. Um, well, so one what thing I
1: will say, because this is like a tactical, a tactical thing that I hope is helpful for people. I track everything when I'm pitching for for whatever I'm pitching for, whether it be like a guest on my podcast or for someone to be a part of an event that I'm hosting. I have a list of everyone within a spreadsheet, and so I color code code. Um, once I've pitched them, I color code them in a specific color. And then once they've responded, whether they're a yes or a no, or a maybe, or maybe next time, and I color code it. (laughs) So I, it's like, it's very organized and like structured that way. I'm not just like going out there and, and just randomly pitching and not tracking it. Everything is tracked. And so, um, the, the, the big piece that I want people to get out of that is, you can then go back to that list later when you're doing other things and be like, oh, that person was interested. And they, they, they said like, oh yeah, I'm interested, but it doesn't work for me for X, Y, Z reasons. You can go back to that person and repitch them for something else or repitch them for the future. And so, like I said, like I have a master list of like like ideal collaborative partnerships. I have an I master list for all of our events and different vendors, sponsors, speakers, everything. So spreadsheets are your best friend. (laughs) I love that. that. Like, and I had, yeah, I'm so
0: glad you brought this up because I'm really curious about this and I'm so inspired now to go start my own spreadsheet because so many of these things are just in my head and I'm like, Oh yeah. Like, what did we talk about? And when did I last talk to them and all those pieces? So like, so genius. Okay. I'm curious. This is solely out of curiosity. How many lines do you have in this spreadsheet? Like it's got to be a big number, right?
1: Great question. I actually mostly keep track of the the their email, their, their name, their email, their Instagram handle, their website. And then I do have like a few notes there, but it's not like a full on like, oh, this is when we last talked. This is, I actually just allow myself to have that like minimal information. And then what I do is I'll um, search their email in my inbox so that I know then, okay, this is the last time we talked. This is the last time. So I'll, I will put that. And then if I, if I have like a specific time, for example, that they said, "Oh, hey, follow up with me on this date or after this time." Then I'll put it in my I use a sauna to kind of organize my schedule. So I'll put it and I'll I'll um, uh, put it as a task for myself to follow up with them in you know this many months or or what have you. And then I'll link our email conversation in that thread as well. So that's kind of how I do it more. so amazing. Okay,
0: so everyone. Go create your spreadsheet. I'm gonna. I'm gonna do this too. Um, so you must have, I mean, hundreds of of people and businesses and vendors. Is that
1: right? Thousands, maybe. Yeah, hun- hun- definitely hundreds. And I have different spreadsheets for different things. So I'll have like, I have a spreadsheet for events. I have a spreadsheet for um, ideal collaborators. And then I'll, I'll have like, for example, within that I'll, I'll have two different spreadsheets, one for, um, people that I would like to collaborate with when it comes to either having them on my podcast or having them speak at an event or, or that type of thing. So it's kind of, um, collaboration with the person. And then I also have a different list that's for brands that I'd like to collaborate with or businesses that I would like to connect or collaborate with. So I have several different spreadsheets. Um, and, yeah. And again, I, it sounds like I'm an organized person, but I I promise you I'm not. This is like the way that I help to organize myself um, because my brain is so like just everywhere. And if you opened up my email, my husband always, it's so funny. My husband and I are very, very different personality wise, but he is like a minimalist when it comes to everything. He's very like technical, organized everything. And I'm not. And like, if you open up my email list, it'll be like 2000 unread emails. And it's like, so that is so. So if people are like, oh my gosh, I'm just not that organized. I'm not either. That's why I need spreadsheets in my life. And that's why I need these tools to keep me on track. So I highly recommend if you are, if your brain is like mine, where it has a hundred tabs open at at all times, Like I just need to put boundaries around myself to, to structure myself to be, to, to have that all organized in, in, in spreadsheets. (laughs) I
0: love it. And you know what? Troy and I are exactly the same. Just like last week, he looked and he's like, what are you going to do with those 23,000 unread emails? What's your plan for this? And I'm like what do you want? It's my plan. There's no plan. It's just going to be like, I don't know. I'll delete them. Who knows? He was like, well, you're just going to leave it. I'm like, I don't know. It's just fine. It's fine. So I don't know. I, now I feel like I have to like make a meme of this because there's always the person with the inbox zero and the person that's like, you know, thousands of unread texts and we always marry each other. It's just, it's just the way that it goes. It always is. So I love that. Totally. Uh Totally. (laughs) So, okay. I've heard you say that I think there's a lot of like the old school mentality is very much around, you know, crush your competition, take other people down a lot of this superiority stuff. And I've heard you refer to this as having roots in scarcity mindset. So how do, you know, what's your perspective on this? How do you think we should view our competition? And I say competition with quotations around it. How do you view your competition? How, how do you want to inspire everyone listening to view their competition?
1: Yeah, oh, I love this question. Okay, so I just I believe that there is enough business for us all. I don't I don't believe that we need to crush our competition. I don't believe that we need to overtake our competition. Like all of these like things that are kind of like this culture of me against you. If we do similar or the same things, I just don't think it's helpful. I actually think uh, competition is really healthy because it makes industries better so if you think about it this way like when whenever there's a monopoly out there it's never a healthy scenario because if there's only one brand or one business doing something it doesn't require that brand or business to always be improving their product or improving their service so I think that that competition is vital um yeah I think anybody in anybody with a cell phone in Canada
0: <laughs> realizes how true that is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not enough competition 100%. there. And we all pay like the highest rates in the world for cell phones. Yes. Sold. Sold. Exactly. Okay.
1: <laughs> so- exactly. Exactly.
0: How? So I- Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. Go, go for it. Um, yeah, tell me more what you think about this.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I think, and so because of that, you know, and, and a lot of people always say, I think one of the biggest, um, I don't want to call it an objection, but just like when I'm, when I'm encouraging someone like, Hey, I really think you'd be great at starting a podcast or it'd be really cool if you hosted this event, whether it be like virtual or in person or whatever that looks like, whenever I'm like encouraging someone that way, whether it be like a one-on-one client or in our mastermind, a lot of like the feedback that I get is, oh, that like industry is just like so saturated or like everyone is doing this or like everyone has a podcast or everyone has a YouTube channel or everyone has this. And it's like, okay, but that like I I think reframing that into, okay, there's a lot of people doing this, which means that people love that platform or people like okay there's a lot of events like virtual events for example I always get like oh there's so many virtual events happening it's like because it's convenient and people love it because they can learn from their phones or from their laptops while they're going about their day like people love connecting that way and if people are you know they have kids or what have you maybe they can't go out to in-person events so they love having that Ability to connect online, and so the reason I share all that is because um, I don't ever think of like an industry as too saturated. I think it just weeds out the people that maybe are not as serious, or they they're not actually there to help people or serve people. The people that truly care about serving, about um, helping and supporting their ideal clients are gonna r- like rise to the top. And the other thing is is that those people that you consider your quote-unquote competition, those are your best collaborative relationships and partnerships. And so I'll give you an example. We did an event um, at the beginning of this year. It was a virtual conference. It was called Business Breakthrough. And we had 18 speakers from around the world and many of those people have their own communities. They do their own coaching, they have their own masterminds, like all of these things that like technically I do too, but we came together and we hosted this event that was incredibly collaborative and it was beneficial for everyone. Like every, all the speakers got value out of it. Obviously the attendees, that was our first priority, got value from it. And it was really, really cool to see what happened there because I always talk about the fact that people want to find their people for where they're at in their journey and you might be that person for someone a couple years from now but they actually need to work with someone else first or maybe maybe you don't fully resonate with them and they need someone else with a different personality or a different set of values or what have you and that's okay like They were never going to work with you anyways. And so people, I think, have this idea of like, oh, if I bring someone else onto my platform or if I collaborate with this person, what if they steal all my clients? It's like the reality is that if that person goes to that other person, they probably would have never worked with you anyways. And that's just kind of the reality of it. And that's okay because if we have an abundance mindset of there's more than enough for everyone, then we can just let go of the outcome of who's going to work with who. And we can just create these communities where people can choose who they would like to work with. And at the end of the day, your business will be more successful if you open yourself up to those opportunities, because there's going to be people within those other people's networks that will be more connected to you than they are with that person at the moment. And so I think it's just really looking at things from a different perspective and thinking, okay, there is enough business in this world for everyone and we all just need to work together and we're going to be able to grow so much bigger if we can just have that mindset rather than that person's going to steal my clients. (laughs) So great. It's not a fun mindset to be in as well.
0: No. I mean, it goes back to the, you know, if we want to go far, right? And I mean, if you're looking to build a business that's going to go the distance in a life and a career that's fulfilling and serve people over time, then we have to keep that bigger picture in mind. And so you really, you really landed that, that thought and brought that home for us. So thank you. So good. Now I'm, I'm already sold, but I, I feel like, um, I want to like massage it just a little bit more. What has been possible in your life because of and your business because of collaborations. What would you say have been the benefits for you and what's possible because of this?
1: Okay, yeah. So, when it comes to collaborations, honestly, honestly, Lisa, like I feel like I wouldn't have a business today <laughs> if it wasn't for collaborations because collaborations has been so like intertwined with everything that we've done since basically the beginning of the community and so very early on I recognized the fact that you know um yes I have like skills and 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 things to offer to to the community and and you know um things that I wanted to share and I could have hosted my own workshops again and again, um, and taught them myself and, you know, promoted them. I could have used, you know, uh, Facebook ads to run ads to, you know, uh, my workshops and different things and promoted it online and social media, all that good stuff. And yes, we've used social media. We've used all those things, but the way that we've been able to truly like grow and scale our business Um, to the place that we have is through the power of like working with other people. And so from the very beginning, when we started hosting our in-person events, started with in-person, obviously before um, the pandemic, when we had to totally pivot everything, but we would bring on other speakers and other influential people who already had communities of their own, and we would bring them on board to speak or be a part of our event. And in turn, that created um this collaboration, right? Where they would normally share about the events that we were hosting to their communities. We would be sharing it with the community that we were currently building. And so it was a win-win. We created a lot of just win-win relationships with people that um wanted to be a part of the community that that we were, that we were building. And then so that now in the online space has really opened up a lot of doors when it comes to, you know, podcasting, we've had amazing people on our podcast, we've been on other people's podcasts, like we're doing here. And, And that just has really opened up a ton of doors for us as well. And so I think it's just recognizing that if I were to do try to do it by myself, or just if I if were to try to do it without collaborations, it would be such a slow growth. Um, and I think that I would not, one, have the community that I have today, but then two, also like the relationships. I think that that has been so incredibly powerful to be able to connect and learn from people that have really incredible skill sets and and knowledge in different areas that I don't have any knowledge in. And, and being able to also ex- um, expose our community to those people as well, I, ha- I think, has been really amazing. Because, you know, I have my own skill sets, but I don't – there's some things that I just – I could learn, but it's like, why would I try to like learn something and try to become an expert in something when I could just have this other person who's already an expert in that come and teach and, and be a part of our community where they can provide that value. And so I think that has just really opened up my mind. And I think I've been more and more just, I guess, as we've done more and more collaborations, been more Sold on the idea that collab- like collaborations and building community is one of the best ways I think to to build a brand and business. Amazing. I feel like we're all sold. We're, we're in it. We're here.
0: <laughs> so I know you, um, you gave, given lots of examples from your business, you know, from speakers to podcasts, to hosting conferences, virtually online, all those pieces, um, that you've created amazing win-wins. And I know you also help other people in Action Takers Club and your mastermind mm-hmm. to figure out collaborations for their business. So for those people who may have different kinds of businesses or might be like, okay, but I don't have a podcast or I don't host events or I don't have a huge social media mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what are some other ideas, some other examples of what collaborations might look like and where do people start to find these collaborators, potential collaborators?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I always think, um, I always tell people look for people who are in industries that are adjacent to yours or in industries that are like complementary to yours. So for example, like let's say you have a brick and mortar shop that has like women's clothing, for example. Like what are some other like businesses? Maybe there's a jewelry shop across the road, maybe there's a spa that, you know, is is down the street from yours. How could you like come together and cross promote one another, whether that be through like you know, people even just walking into your store, maybe you have different promotions for the other people's businesses in your store and vice versa. Like, how can you create that? Maybe you host an event together, like, you know, because you're all serving very similar types of people in all a different way. And so how can you come together and actually cross promote one another? So that's what I would say for that is like, be creative and think of ways like, can you support them in some ways? Or they can they support you?
0: Okay. So Danielle, and I know you've, you know, when you started your business seven years ago, eight years ago, you didn't, you weren't obviously where you are now. So you've been from the, the, I don't want to call you like the baby starting the business, but like starting out to now where you are. And there's a lot of people that are going to be at different stages in the journey. What do you say, what advice do you have for the person that is just starting out or really anybody that's putting themselves outside of their comfort zone to reach out to somebody who might be, you know, we perceive to be like a bigger deal than us. Mm-hmm. And h- how do you, how do we figure out like what we have to offer and how we can contribute if we're trying to partner with people who who we look up to, who feel like they're outside of our comfort zone?
1: Yeah, great question. I think it starts with just uh, having a vision for what you want to create. So whatever it looks like, whatever that collaboration looks like. Um, For example, let's say it's an event. I mean, I work with a lot of people who host events, both virtual and in person. So if you have an event, it's really having a super clear vision on what is the, what are you wanting to create with that? Who are you trying to serve? How are you trying to help people? through that event. And then from there, it's pitching people to be a part of that vision. So I think a lot of people think that, you know, in order to um, collaborate with someone, they themselves need to have this like big, big, massive community. But the thing is, no one ever starts there. So like whether that be, like I said, whether it be like a podcast, whether it be an event, whether it be whatever it is, you're starting from nothing and everyone starts from nothing. So it's like, just realizing that the vision is actually what's going to inspire that person that you're pitching to be a part of what you're doing. So I think that's the biggest thing. And then two is recognizing that not everyone is gonna say yes, and that's okay. So recognizing that some people are gonna say no, some people are going to not respond, some people are gonna say yes, and that's where you that's where you start, that's what, where everyone starts. And like I said before, <laughs> Even with the community that we've been able to build, we still get no's all the time. And, and I'm okay with it because I know that not everyone is going to be a fit for what we're doing.
0: Hmm. So what are examples of ways that people can offer value? So events, giving people a platform is a really big one. Like what are other ways, like it, free products, like what, how, how can yeah. we, how do we offer value to people if we feel like we're, we're struggling to find that within ourselves?
1: Yeah, that's a really great question. Um, I think there's lots of different ways to, to provide value for people. And again, it, if you are just getting started, that might look like, yeah, free product if you're a product-based business or services for someone, maybe. Um, but Again, if you're creating something that has a vision to it, whether that be a podcast or whether that be a event or whether that be um, yeah, a virtual or in-person event or whatever that is, you don't have to have the platform, honestly. like You really don't. I pitched a ton of people when we were first getting started with our community to be a part of our events, but the fact that I was creating something, like if you're creating a podcast or creating a YouTube or creating um, an event, like you're creating something of value. So you can ask them to be a part of that. And providing value could look like they get exposure to that commu- that collective thing that you're creating with all these other collaborators as well. So if it's more of a, um, there's lots of different people going to be a part of it, then that itself creates that value. So it's bringing the people together that is creating the value, not necessarily your platform itself. So If you want to do just a collaboration with one other person, yes, you're going to have to figure out what does the value look like there. Um, But when it comes to if you're creating something with lots of different people, then that's totally something that is valuable as of itself.
0: Mm, That's amazing. How do you respond? Because I'm sure you get a lot of pitches. So Mm -hmm. how do you look at them? What are you looking for? Any advice that you can pull out based on how you respond to pitches?
1: Yeah, I would say um, one thing that I think is really important is for people to do their research. So make sure that if you are pitching someone, you've done your research and you know at least something about them and being able to actually like share like, hey, this podcast episode that you did really resonated with me or this YouTube or this post that you did. And like, complimenting them first and then from there it's like pitching the vision of what you're doing and being excited about it and then after it's like giving a call to action so whether that be hey reply to this email if you if you're interested and we can hop on a call or like something simple that can have them take action I think is really key.
0: Danielle, I love how you make even the person who's starting out and like those of us that might doubt and think, what do I have to offer? I love how you inspire us to put ourselves out there, uh, have a vision and inspire people to to collaborate together. I want to know, are there any questions or things that we should consider um, or ways that you suggest people how they can learn to really identify for themselves how they can add value to collaborations. So I think so often we sell ourselves short and we think, "What do? I, who am I? What do I have? Um, yeah, what, is, what are some of those questions or things we might consider that can really help to ground down in what we have to offer to other people in collaborations?
1: Yeah, such a great question. So I think that one of the things, one of the biggest questions to ask yourself is like, what skills or what experience do you already have that could be of value to somebody else? Um, because a lot of times we think that we need a big audience or we think that we need social media followers or, you know, whatever in order to get started with collaborations. And the problem with that is, is that we just hold ourselves back and we continue to just push that away. And so what ends up happening is we get a year or two years or three years into business, and we haven't done any collaborations because we keep thinking we're too small, or we don't have enough experience or, you know, whatever it is yet. And and that is the wrong way to look at it. I think looking at it from a perspective of, okay, what skills do I have? What knowledge do I have? What expertise do I have right now that could be of value to someone? And how can I make those connections, and how can I build those relationships now, um, whether that be for collaborations right now or in the future as well? And then another thing that's really important too is to have a vision of what you want to create. So I always tell people, and this is how I usually coach people around going for collaborations: is if you have a vision of something that you want to create. And you want people to be a part of it. So you want to collaborate with them. You want to have different people involved. It's more important actually that that vision is super strong on what is the thing that you want to create? What do you want to provide for that ideal audience or the ideal client that you want to serve? And then what does it look like to bring on those partners and those collaborators to that vision? Because people are going to be inspired by your vision And they, I think a lot of people think, oh, this person's going to ask like how many followers I have or what my community is like, and sure, maybe some of them will, but the right people that are wanting to be a part of what you're doing will be inspired by the vision that you're, that, that you have and the vision that you're creating. So I give this example all the time because when I got started in hosting our events, we didn't have a platform. We didn't have a community yet. We didn't have really anything. Like I had my personal connections. I had people that I had met at networking events. I had started an Instagram account that was really tiny. Like I didn't have anything. And so I would basically, you know, I was hosting these events and, but I had this vision of this is what the event is going to look like. This is what we're wanting to create. And then I would ask them to be a part of that vision, which was our event. And it was surprising to me how many people were actually just excited to be a part of something that they were also passionate about and they didn't care that I didn't have a community yet I just said like this is what I'm looking to build this is what I'm I would love for you to be a part of this and I want you to be a part of this growth of this community that we're building and be a be a part of this kind of mission that we're creating and so that's what I always say to people and then as you start to grow as you start to expand like don't hold yourself back because you know we talked about this previously in this episode, just about how, you know, you, you will get nos from people. There are going to be people who don't see your vision, or there are going to be people who maybe they do want you to have a bigger community before they're going to collaborate with you. And that's okay If you're still wanting to collaborate and work with those people, put them on your vision board, like put them on your ideal collaboration list, like we talked about and keep building that relationship over time. And you just, you never know when those opportunities can come up and continue to involve them in what you're doing. And like, we've had so many scenarios where we have, um, you know, pitched people or asked people to collaborate and whether it was just not the right timing for them or for their brand or for their company or maybe it was that they needed us to maybe prove ourselves to you know know that we were serious about what we were creating and then they saw what we ha- we had started to build that momentum around and then they wanted to be a part of it and so just don't give up keep your vision super clear on what you're doing And the right people will hop on board and then just continue to push forward and don't hold yourself back when it comes to the people you want involved, I think. Yeah. That's so great. So great.
0: I want to pull out the skills and experience piece here for a minute and, you know, what knowledge you have. Because I think this is something we really downplay and we often, like we think about, okay, well, but I'm, I'm new to like maybe this thing. I'm new to social media or I'm new to creating events or I'm new to, I'm going to look at real estate here for a minute. You know, we host real estate meetups and it's mm-hmm. one of the things we always ask people to do as we get into the room is tell us what your superpower is or something that you're good at. And a lot of people who are like, well, I don't own anything. I don't, I don't have a property. Like what do I have to offer? I'm like, well, what else have you got? You know, have you ever done bookkeeping for your, your parents' business? Or have you, do you know about decorating? And maybe, Maybe you would be great to decorate an Airbnb or do you know, do you work in, in a trade like electrical skills or um, plumbing or whatever that is? Like there's just so many different things. Maybe social media is really good or maybe management. Maybe you've got some great books to help people understand their personalities. And so when they're working with their property managers or their partners, you have a great book or a tactic to suggest. And, and so I think that's really important to not limit, you know, your skills and experience and knowledge in the thing you're doing right now. Cause again, that might feel like, I don't, I don't know anything. I'm just starting, but really think about like all the different pieces, like maybe you're really good at TikTok videos and you can help someone create some of those. Right. Um, like, but we, we, I think we often sell ourselves short. So I love that you brought that up and I just wanted to like tease that apart a little bit more so people really think about all the different things they've done. Um, and not just like what this specific time is right, right now.
1: Yeah. yeah. Okay. I love that you brought that up because I, It's so interesting because, you know, I've been in the entrepreneurial world for like over 10 years working for my mom's business and my sister's business. Like there's just been so many different things that I've done and different jobs that I've had even or even different organizations that I've been a part of while I was still in university and in school. And, you know, a lot of those things we don't really think about when we think about our skills or our abilities and, you know, the past experience that we've had really Supports us so well in where where we're wanting to go right now. So you know, if you have something that you're creating, or you have a business, or or your career, whatever that is, like you have so many more experiences and skills that than you even think about and so i think it's worthwhile to like take out a piece of paper and just like write down what are all the things that you've done what are all the clubs that you've been a part of what are all the organizations maybe that you've volunteered for or you know um what other jobs have you had what kind of like challenging difficult situations have you been able to overcome like there's just so much that we can pull from as far as the experience that we have and it also helps us to Build our confidence because when we're starting something new, often we think we're like, oh, I'm starting something from scratch, and that's how it feels to us. But when we start something new, whenever we start something new, we're never really starting from scratch because we're starting with the experience, the skill set, the connections that we already have that we might not even be aware of, right? And so I think it's really if you're feeling like that, whatever that might be, whatever you would call it, imposter syndrome, or, um, just that lack of confidence in what you're doing. I encourage you like do this as an, I even like lack of creativity. Just, yeah, exactly. Exactly. You're and just like, Oh man, I, I don't even know where I, to start. Yeah. And I think like when I started to kind of like look back on all of the different things that I had done, I had realized that there was this, like, there was this thread that was through basically like Everything that I had done in the past, whatever jobs that was, and they all were very different. That's the thing. They were all kind of in different industries and different backgrounds. But what I realized was that everything came back to the fact that I loved connection, I loved community, I loved events. And that was like a through line through everything that I did. Anytime I could have that community aspect to what we are doing whether it be in a job that i had or business that i was supporting or a business that i had started that lit me up and that got me really excited and that was something where i felt like i could thrive and so that really helped me to be like okay here's my skill set it's connection it's community it's relationships and then on like the tactical side it's like events whether that be virtual or in person and so that really helped me to really curate like what my business looks like today. And so I think it's just such a worthwhile exercise to do and write down all of the skill sets and and all of the knowledge and connections that you already have. So that when you go to pitch someone it's not that you're going to pull from that. You're not going to be like, here's all my skills, like listing out all your skills and then like listing out, but you're going to have that confidence to pitch your vision. And then when you get on a phone call, for example, with that person and someone asks you like, you know, Oh, what are you creating? Or, or, you know, they ask you more details. You can pull from some of those pieces as you start to talk about your vision. And you talk about, you know, this is my background and this is what we're doing and this is why. And you get more clarity, I think, around what you're doing when you recognize those things, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, so good. So good. I want to ask you a question that we didn't talk about before this. So, you know, if uh, if nobody hears this and that's because you don't feel comfortable answering, that's totally A-OK. But I want to kind of lift the lid on this a little bit and talk about the sometimes controversial but realistic perhaps a uh, concept of working for free or volunteering or like, yeah, doing mm-hmm. things without being compensated. Have you yes. done this? Uh, have you ever worked for free? Have you ever volunteered? Uh, what did that look like and what'd you learn?
1: Oh my gosh. I actually love that you asked this question so much because we were in this, um, I think we're in this world where we are always thinking, what's in it for me? What's in it for me? And we can't see the bigger picture sometimes. So for me, I actually consider volunteering such a valuable thing to do. Now there, and I'll talk about this from kind of two perspectives, because I think there's a fine line. However, like, especially when I was first getting started in my business, I did so many, everything that I did was free, right? Like I would, um, connect with people. I would, it was like building relationships, building connections, basically every event that I could attend where I could support or help out or volunteer for, I was there. And there were so many reasons for that. One, I wanted to get experience from someone who was further ahead than me doing something, um, that I admired, uh, also just learn, you know, working in a team and all of those things. Plus, you know, for example, I volunteered for, um, a really big conference that happened. I think it was yearly or every like twice a year. And it was really cool because I, I was able to volunteer for that event um, year to year. And each year that I volunteered, I actually started while I was still in university. And each year that I volunteered, I would build a stronger and stronger relationship with their team. And so they'd reach out to me every year and say, Hey, we're doing this conference again. And it was such a valuable conference, even just for me to be able to attend. And I would be able to like, listen in on like little snippets of people's talks while I was, you know, like putting books together or whatever it was. And, um, that was so valuable for me. I got to take notes on some of the speeches. I got to, um, be backstage with some of the big speakers that were there. There were so many opportunities that I had that I would not have had if i would have just been like no i need to get paid for this and so the value there for me was so so high and the cool thing was is like the last i think two years um this was pre-covid last two years that they hosted it they actually um connected with me and they said hey we have noticed you've been so consistent with like you showing up and volunteering. They're like, we actually want you to, um, come to the event, but we're actually going to pay you for the day. And this is what we, these are the roles that we want you to have for the, for the day of. And it was just such a cool thing because it was never something that I was like, oh, I need to be paid for this. That's, that wasn't my mindset. It was like, I'm getting so much value out of this that I'm happy to do it for free. Um, but then they offered to pay me and that was just a really cool, I guess, experience and a good lesson for me of if you find value in something, then volunteering your time and doing something for free can bring you back so much value that you wouldn't have gotten otherwise. Um, And I think it really just depends on the opportunity and it depends on the situation, right? Because sometimes, of course, our time is so valuable and, you know, I'm about to be a mom of two. Like I get that there's limited time that you can, you know, um, give to things. And so when I was younger, there was so many more opportunities and so much more time flexibility for me to volunteer. And so now I'm really specific With the things that I volunteer for, I still volunteer. Um, You know, there's organizations that I am, I I'm so in love with that I volunteer for and um, support. Like Ally Global is one of those organizations that are incredible, and um, and then also on top of that, like if there's an opportunity to volunteer my time to be a part of something that is incredibly aligned with my vision or my know, my business that I, that I'm willing to do that as well, as long as it's a win-win. And that's what I always share with people when it comes to collaborations, especially when you're pitching collaborations, make sure it's a win-win for both people. So the, the, the times that I see that collaborations break down is that it's either all on one side or the other. So you need to make sure that you know what the value is for that other person, but also that that value is being returned as well. Sometimes that's monetary and that's great. Like if you're paying paying someone to be a part of something that you're doing, awesome. If there's an affiliate opportunity there, great. But sometimes it's a trade, right? It's a trade of exposure for exposure or it's a trade of um, uh, value for value. And that's okay too. I don't think there's anything wrong with that as long as both parties see the equal value and they appreciate the equal value. Does that help answer your question, Lisa? Definitely, definitely. I think um,
0: there is a fine line. And I also... I think we need to normalize both. We need to normalize getting paid for the value that we add. We also need to normalize that sometimes we don't get paid paid in money for the value that we add. And sometimes we're planting seeds for other things and whether that's a deeper purpose or a cause that we care about, or it's building connections or relationships or getting access to communities or resources that we wouldn't normally get access to. I I do think there is value in volunteering or maybe getting access to certain like knowledge or experience that we wouldn't get access to in other ways. And so I, I think there's, um, yeah, I just think there's value to it. And I think it's being really conscious of it. I think it's making sure it is a win-win, but I, you know, I really appreciate you being open to diving into that, that question. Cause I think I, I see online sometimes there's like this, you know, you either need to do everything for free in the beginning, um, or you need to do like nothing for free ever. And I just, I feel like neither of those are really the right answer i feel like it's yeah. there's a, it's a grey zone and it's a nuanced conversation and uh per- very personal decisions that i wanted to kind of normalize with your perspective
1: Yeah. And I think the other thing that I'll add to that is that as you get clearer on your own vision, it becomes easier to say yes and no to opportunities. So like for me, when I was first getting started, I was definitely like a yes person where I would say yes to a lot of opportunities. And again, some of those opportunities, like the one I talked about really, really paid off and some of them didn't. And I think it was because I really didn't have that vision super clear in my head of like, what I was even wanting to create and so I didn't have those boundaries in place to say this is a good opportunity for me or this is something that's aligned with my vision and this isn't whereas now I'm so clear where it's like I know if something is a oh yeah I would be willing to do that for free or if it's like no, actually, this is something that I would like to be paid for. And, you know, again, <clears throat> you can have something that, yes, is aligned with your vision and you're getting paid for. it. That's amazing. And I think that's great. Again, it comes back to what is the value on each side? Um, I feel like a good example of this is a, like if you are someone who, let's say, um, let's say you want to have a... Okay, podcasting, for example, like this is like a value for value conversation where this this is in line with both of our visions. We both care about supporting and helping women to you know become their best selves, build businesses, all of those kind of things. And we're swapping. You know, you're going to be on my podcast. I'm going to be on your podcast. And there's just value created there. And so that is something that is in line with both of our visions. And it's supporting. Not only is it supporting you and supporting me, but it's also supporting our ideal listener. And so when there's value created like that, there, that doesn't mean that there always has to be that monetary exchange. And so I would just encourage people to think of, think of the bigger picture and think of, um, what's being created and, and what that looks like. And again, like, yes, know your worth and yes, charge your worth. Absolutely. But there's some times where like, having a collaborative, um, relationship. And I think it depends. It's like person to person, situation to situation. And the clearer you get on your vision, the easier it will be to make those decisions. And I know that's a really nuanced answer and people are like, but how do I, it's like you, you just, you learn and you learn from experience and you also learn from failure. So that's really what I have to say about that.
0: I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. You touched on it. So I'm going to, I'm going to go there. Talk to me about failure. Talk to me about some of the disaster collaborations. So I'm assuming you've had some, uh, tell me about them and what'd you learn?
1: Yeah. So I think the biggest things that the, the, the times where I have felt like collaborations have really fallen through is when I actually look back, it's kind of like sometimes you know, people can maybe relate to this when they look back on maybe past relationships that didn't go well, um, potential really romantic relationships that didn't go well. When you look back and you think, Oh, okay. I saw that red flag, but I chose to ignore it. Or I felt something like, mm, I don't know if this is right, but I moved forward anyways. And every single experience that I've had where it, the collaboration has ended poorly, I've had those red flags that I've chosen to ignore. And sometimes those red flags are really hard to see, but you have this like feeling or you have this angst of like, is this the right thing? Is this not the right thing? Not to say that sometimes everything can look great on paper. And then when you actually dive in, you know, those things come up. Um, That definitely happens as well. What I will say is setting expectations up front and being extremely clear on that is the most important thing that I have learned from bad collaborations. Because you know we've had we've at this point we've collaborated with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of businesses, people, you know, and and again some of those have have gone poorly and and a lot of them have gone amazingly, and um, sometimes you have to experience those those poor collaborations in order to be able to experience those good ones. But I would say first and foremost, the biggest mistake that that I've made and I see other people making is that the, the clarity of what was communicated up front, there was miscommunication on on either side. And so the more clear you can be, with the person or with the business that you're collaborating with. And the more you can set up those expectations ahead of time, the better. And especially having it written out. Um, sometimes this involves a contract, not always, but sometimes it does. And so it really just, I think having that clarity is is the most important. And then having that consistent communication and almost over communicating is like the best way to make sure a collaboration is extremely successful is a lot of people think, Oh, I don't want to bother them. Or, you know, I don't want to send them too many emails or too many text messages or whatever it is. It's like, but clarity is actually the best thing you can do because then people feel like they are being supported because they have the information, they have the resources available to them at their fingertips. And so they can go back and see what everything is. So for example, I'll give you a good example for our events, right, when we have vendors or sponsors that are going to be a part of our events, we give them everything in a, in a document. And it's like a working document with all the information there. But we don't just send that document one time and just assume that they're going to you know continue to look at it and, and see the updates. We send it to them when they first sign on, and then we give them a reminder, you know, a week before, and then we give them a reminder a couple of days before, and then like the 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 day before the event, it's like another reminder, like just just for clarity, make sure you go back and you read the document. So it's consistency, clarity, and um, and those expectations that are set that I think makes the collaboration really work um and contracts as well so especially if it's going to be a long-term collaboration have a contract i know it's really (laughs) easy to be like "Oh, that person like it's fine it'll all work out but the thing is is that a lot of people get scared about contracts but really it protects both people it's a value for both parties And so you don't have to feel awkward about it. You can just say, hey, this is a contract. I'm sending it your way. This is a way that we can both have clarity on what we're partnering on, what this um, collaboration looks like. And it protects you and it protects me. And that's like the best way to frame it. And so those are are the main kind of tips that I have for those Those two years. So good. Yeah, have, have I mean, again, sometimes you're just going to have bad collaborations, and it's just it's just a part of it. It's a part of the growth. Um, but if you can uh, if you can put some of those things in place, I think you're going to have less. Um, because, again, we've learned from hundreds and hundreds of collaborations that we've had. And sometimes we haven't learned quick enough (laughs) where it's like, oh, yeah, we did the exact same thing that we did before. And now we're experiencing this exact same thing. Okay, now let's go forward and let's let's be more clear here. So, yeah.
0: Well, I love that it hasn't stopped you and you're continuing to create win-win collaborations like probably literally like daily, multiple daily at this point. So, you know, thanks <laughs> for sharing those tips and I'm glad that you you still forge on. Um and I'm just going to plug in here. Episode 73 of Golden Girls podcast. I have Jamie from the Contracts Market on. Go listen to that too yes. if you want to know more about contracts. You know, Jamie's fantastic. I actually met her through the Business Babes community. Uh so and and she is amazing and, and the episode is great. She makes somehow makes talking about legal stuff interesting, which <laughs> always blows my mind. Good <laughs> so good. Um, okay. So, um, you know, I have to tell you one of the things, there's so many things I love about you, Danielle, but one of the things that I really, I mean, always in awe of with you is how you've created some really big collaborations, like people that I'm like, Oh my gosh, how does Danielle, how does Danielle get access to them? Whether it's because they have huge social media followings and and I know how hard it can be to get in front of those people because they have so many different pulls on their attention, or people that are literally celebrities and have TV shows. Again, like how you know the the question that comes to my mind is like, how do you even get in front of these people? Um, and, and then not, that's not even to mention all the layers of, like, imposter syndrome that come up and all the questions that we've talked about. So how – you know, some of them – and I'm just going to, like, throw out names here. I'm going to name drop here for you. Um, Sunny oh, Lenarduzzi, no. Karen Bond. I know there's many others, but those two are the ones are, – are something that come up there like how have you built relationships how are you getting in front of these people what does it look like to you know step outside of your comfort zone I'm assuming it's outside your comfort zone maybe it's not but maybe you could just share with us some of the stories of these larger collaborations that are probably on some people's vision boards in front of
1: us (coughs) maybe mine um how do you make it happen Yeah. Oh, such a good question. Kay. So I think the one thing that I mentioned earlier on was that um, concept of building connections, building relationships, and just never knowing where those connections can go. And so for example, um, Karen and I have actually been connected, I would say probably for over like, seven years now. And it really started actually before, um, a lot of the opportunities that she's had have come up like the Netflix show and all of those things. And I mean, it really started with that just relationship. It was like, you know, we connected, we met, I had asked her if she would be willing to speak at one of our events at the time she and she still does have a very successful interior design studio. And so I was looking to her as someone that could bring a ton of value to our community. And at the time she was just starting her YouTube channel. And so that was really a collaboration that started quite small. Um, And it's been really, really cool just how our relationship has kind of like naturally grown over the past few years. a ton of different collaborations. She's been a part of a lot of our events. Um, you know, I've been on her YouTube channel and now her podcast and things like that. And so really like what I also recommend for people is like, start creating those relationships and collaborations and, and really like figure out how you can add value to to them, and you just never know what can come of it in the future as well. And staying connected, I think a lot of people, they, um, for example, they'll they'll pitch someone for something, and whether or not that. Like, let's say you're pitching someone for your podcast, you want to have someone in your podcast, you pitch them, and maybe you have them on your podcast, whatever that looks like, and you're like, oh my gosh, this was amazing, you know, this is one of my dream people, but then from there, it's like you, the relationship kind of just ends there, right? Like, there's not any follow-up, there's not any... Um, continued relationship or connection built there. And so for me, you know, it's figuring out how can I continue to build relationships with these people, check in with them, see how they're doing, like, is there any way I can support them, you know, just like really being that, that friend or that, that kind of person that they can sort of count on just to be of support of what of what they're creating. And, um, and then, opportunities often naturally come from that. And so that's like, that's one thing I will say. And then another thing is if people do say no at first, um, that was the case with Sunny. We we had pitched her quite a few times and, and it, it wasn't a fit for whatever reason. And um, we, I just continued to connect with her and show up and I would watch her YouTube videos and I would like, like her videos and like comment. And I was basically a fangirl for a very long time. Um, <laughs> but you know, always just kind of like keeping that relationship going. And, and I think when people recognize that you're not just there to take, you're actually there to support them and you're there and because you love what they're doing and you really admire them and admire what you're doing naturally, opportunities will come up and so yeah we we eventually we did have her um a part of one of our events and um it's just been cool just to see like okay that probably took i would say maybe three years of you know just building that relationship building that connection and i think a lot of people they just want things to happen overnight and i'm like trust me i can be guilty of this too i have this idea. I have this vision that I want to create. And I'm like, Hey, it has to happen tomorrow. You know, like we just had an episode of the podcast where we talked about our conference, which we ended up planning within five weeks, which was wild. Like I'll just say, um, and again, if you, if you want to listen to like the whole story, you can listen to it on the podcast, but that's kind of my mindset of like, I have this idea. We need to do this now. However, Sometimes these ideas, like that idea of of having a conference, even though, yes, it was technically planned and executed within five weeks, it had been an idea and a vision of mine for a very, very long time, like years and years and years. So by the time it actually came to fruition, it was basically already planned in my head. It was just like putting all the pieces together. Right. And so sometimes we just need to recognize that there's things that we want to do. There's things that we have a vision for, and we need to just be consistent with the steps that we're taking in our lives and in our businesses and know that eventually if we're taking the right action steps, those things are going to come to fruition. And so that's the same goes for collaborations and wanting to have people, you know, uh, work with different people or different brands, have them on your vision board, have them on your list and continue to support and connect and build relationships. And then when the timing is right, you will be able to work with that company. And, um, that's, that's what I would say is that continue to just support and be a part of what they're doing. And, you know, like, I like, and it wasn't, it's not even that I was like trying to, you know, um, warm up to her, but like, I, I bought one of Sunny's programs. Cause I'm like, I, I really value her expertise and like just being a part of what she's doing and like all of those things. And I think people really recognize that and they notice that, um, and then you're coming in like the next time you pitch or the next time you want them to be a part of what you're doing they they see your name and they're like, oh, I recognize this person. It's not just this random cold name coming out of nowhere. It's like they recognize your, your name, potentially even recognize your face, and they're more likely to actually read the email, right? Because these people get hundreds, if not thousands of emails a month, right? And so it's important to recognize that, yeah, some of these people are harder to get a hold of, But if you stay top of mind for them, then you'll have a better opportunity to connect.
0: Mm, So good. And I love, you know, everything you shared there are things that each one of us have the potential to do today, a like, a comment, a share. You know, leave, I always think like leaving book reviews, leaving podcast reviews, um, like buying people's books, buying people's courses, you know, like, um, those are things we can do becoming star students, becoming champions of what they're creating and what they're doing and also doing it, you know, like you said, like, because you're, you believe in them because you love what they're doing, because you are aligned with them, um, and not expecting it to overnight turn into something that you want, like showing up first as a, as a giver and as a server, as opposed to just a taker. Uh, So those are so, Mm -hmm. so amazing. Two great examples. I love how they, you, you know, they're both a little bit different and they both have developed over many, many years. I want a great reminder for all of us to be really uh, of service, to be genuine in the way we're building relationships and to be really freaking patient (laughs) and persistent. Keep going.
1: Well, I just, can I just also say, Lisa, like you are, you are someone who does that really well as well. Like you are someone who like, when you, you show up really well, just in, in community spaces and like you are someone that like, if you, you know, for example, like having, having me on the podcast or like things that you, if there was anything that you were doing that you're like, Hey Janelle, can you support me with this? Or like, I would love for you to be a part of this. I would be like, yes, absolutely because you show up so powerfully in our community and like you are you are that person and so I just wanted like to say that as like an example as well of like someone who does that so well of like building relationships and being that like support person and so if people are like looking for other examples you are a great example of that you do that already really well so I just wanted to to touch on that. (laughs)
0: Aw, thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. That's really kind, really kind. Uh, You know what? It's, um, I also love people and I feel like it's been really interesting for me the last few years. I feel like I've had so many challenges, so many hard times that I haven't always gotten to be the supporter that I want to be. And so that's, you know, part of the reason why I wanted to have this conversation with you and why I'm always so inspired by you and why I'm finding this conversation super inspiring and just like the perfect timing and for many reasons is because, you know, I do want to get back to doing more of that because it is so much fun and it is life-giving. Um, and it's just like a great way to, to be in the world. So thank you for saying that. And also like, I'm still taking away so many lessons from this conversation and ways that I just want to do this e- even better and more consistently and, um, hopefully a better service to everybody. So yeah, thank you. Awesome. <laughs> uh, okay. You touched on it. Well, I'm going to, two last questions and I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you go because I feel like I've had you here forever but I could just I could talk to you all day we're gonna have to have you back um, you alluded to it uh, you know you are literally you know days away from having another baby congratulations mm. super exciting as a mom how has your business and your approach to collaborations changed and evolved
1: mm, yeah I think I'm just much more um, yeah yeah um, I don't even know what the right word is because I feel like the word, like, choosy is, like, I don't le- I don't love that word, but I, th- I think discerning? I have better boundaries. Sorry, say that again. Discerning? Discerning is a great word, yeah. I, I think I'm definitely a lot more discerning, and um, I have better boundaries around what I'm saying yes to and what I'm saying no to and being okay with the fact that, you know, there are, like... Um, I, I feel very, very blessed that I am in a position right now in my business where I do get asked a lot of, or I do get pitched personally for a lot of collaborations or a lot of opportunities that actually now are coming my way. Whereas, you know, a few years ago, it was all me reaching out to other people to get those opportunities. Um, so I do feel very, very blessed with that, but it is challenging because I want to be a part of anything and everything. And, you know, I've had pitches in my inbox for different events and different things that, um, people want me to be a part of that. I'm like, Oh man, this is super in line with my vision. This is something that I would love to do. This is like an, uh, you know, a collaboration that I think would bring value and would be a win-win, but I, I have to decline because it, you know, um, a lot of those things are happening, next month and I, I don't have that ability to be like, hey, this is exactly when my baby's showing up and this is, you know. And so it, it really is just recognizing that um, that this season in my life, I need to slow down on some of the things, some of the collaborations and partnerships that I'm doing, but knowing that those those opportunities will come again, maybe not in this exact same form. But there will be opportunities that will come. And, um, you know, I'm really, really, um, like, I've I've worked really hard to set those boundaries around my time because my family is so incredibly important to me. And, um, you know, I've been in seasons of my business where I've put work, if I'm being honest, like, I've put work, like, (laughs) above everything else. And that's not a healthy place for me to be in, not only just um for for myself but also just like for the business actually I found that when I started to really prioritize my time off um and you know I, I don't like to say like, definitely no working in the evenings or no working on the weekends. I think that there can be some flexibility there. And if I feel inspired or if there's something I want to work on, or if there's a deadline that I'm working towards, I think that's okay. As long as I feel like there's that time and space to have that one-on-one time with my family, to have that time with my friends, to have time where I'm doing things that I enjoy and love that have nothing to do with work. So feeling filling your own cup is, I know it's so cheesy, but but it's so, so important. And when you can actually schedule that stuff in your calendar first, and then schedule your work around that, because as entrepreneurs, um, if you're an entrepreneur and you're listening, it's so easy to just take up all your time with work every second of the day that you're not doing something else you're working. So easy to do that. But if you can schedule in that time, whether it be for self-care, for family time, for friends, for activities that really excite you and light you up, and then you can schedule your work around that, I think you'll actually be more productive as well. And so I think that's that would be my answer to that. And then realizing that if you're in a season right now where you're just like, you've got young kids. Like I have a, I'm going to have two under two, right? Very soon. And so this is just a season where it's going to be crazy. Like it's going to be busy. And, um, my expectations of what, what, um, my business is going to look like needs to shift and needs to change. And I need to prioritize the things that are actually going to move the business forward, serve my clients in the best way, all those things first. And so anything extra, it needs to be a very, um, discerned decision. Um, and, and, uh, like it needs to be something where it's like, yes, this is something that is so in line with what I'm doing. And I really want to support this person or support this mission or be a part of this. So yeah, that's my answer to that.
0: Hmm. Thank you for being honest about that. I think there's so much out there like, oh, you know, being a mother doesn't have to change things. And, you know, it probably doesn't have to, but it just does and having children I don't know like it's insane they're a lot of work a lot of time a lot of commitment and that's even just to keep them alive let alone to actually enjoy and spend time with them that is quality time so appreciate the uh the honesty the vulnerability there Um, and then also I think that just gives people a peek in as well because if somebody's to pitch you right now they're probably more likely to get a no Mm -hmm. than they would would have maybe three years ago, or maybe then they will get in three years from today. And that might actually have nothing yeah. to do with the opportunity, it might have nothing to do with them, and more so about the season that you're in. And so I think it just, uh, you know, gives up, really rounds out this whole conversation in terms of like, persistence, um, knowing that if it's a no right now, it may not be a no forever, whether you are the one declining a pitch or you're getting a no from somebody you've pitched. So I love, yeah. and I feel like Danielle, that was just such a great way to, to kind of wrap up that whole that whole chat. Um, yeah. But before you go, one of the things I just, another thing that I love about you, I feel like I'm also fangirling on you here. Um, <laughs> you talked about Ally Global. Yeah. And one of the things that I think is so amazing about you is that you do always have, you know, you've got your vision for your business, got your vision for your family, but you also, giving back is super important to you and you, you will live that. You really walk the talk on that. What, like, why is that so important to you? Why is giving back so important? And how do you think, like, what's the win in that for you? What is the win that comes from actually giving back and making an impact?
1: Oh yeah, and I really appreciate this conversation. I think that again, when we talked about this before, I think we can get really caught up in um like our own goals and our own visions and everything like that. And I love talking about that stuff. Like don't get me wrong, that's like the like I talk about business strategy and goal setting and all that stuff on my podcast too, so I get that. Um but at the same time sometimes we get so caught up in that, that it actually doesn't allow us to create like a larger vision for like how we're actually impacting the world and how we're impacting other people. And what I have found is that like, when I am feeling the most fulfilled, it's when I am I know that I'm making an impact and I know that I'm able to give back. Um, So, I mean, I'll keep this like story really short, but uh, my husband and I traveled to Nepal back in 2018. And that's when we actually um, really got connected with Ally Global. Um, At the time they were just starting their nonprofit and there it's, Such an incredible organization. They're doing amazing things. So basically, in a nutshell, um, they're providing housing and schooling and um, support and counseling for uh, mostly girls, but all children um, who have been rescued from human trafficking. And so they've been rescued from some of the most horrible situations that most of us wouldn't even want to think about, and um, this organization is helping to restore them and give them purpose and a future and and being able to actually, like, dream for their life again. And so it's just so incredible. We got to see it firsthand. We got to visit these homes and visit some of the children, and it was incredible because when we walked in, they had so much joy and they had so much hope um, where it didn't make sense. Like it honestly, it was like, from what they had experienced, it did not make logical sense that they had that much joy and that much hope. And it was because of the work that this organization is doing. And so immediately my heart just broke and was like, I need to support this organization. And so when we came back, um, it's a uh, good friends of ours who actually run ally global and they, we're like, okay, this is the vision, this is what we're doing. um, And this is how we want to support and and expand what these people are doing overseas, and then also work now that's being done in Canada and and elsewhere. Um, And so it was just like, yeah, like, we want to be a part of it, like, however we can support, however we can help. And so since that time, it's just been, okay, how can we, how can I, as a business owner that, you know, supports women in business how can I be a part of this? And and so that has looked like, um, obviously, like financial donation. Yes, that's a part of it. Volunteering, advocating, um, spreading the word. And, you know, there's there's obviously so much more that kind of can be done. And I think that sometimes when I'm able to, like, look at my goals and then I can say, OK, here are some of the goals that I have for my own business or my own um you know, goals that I have for, for our own family. And of course we have like dreams and goals that we want to do, but it's like this actually achieving these goals will allow me to actually be able to serve more and give more as well to organizations that I love. Because like when I have a goal of like, Oh, this is is how much we want to fundraise, or this is how much I want to give. And if I can hit those goals, like it actually makes me so much More joyful when I can support that other company than like if I'm to hit a goal that I set for myself, if that makes sense. Um, And so, also just like bringing people a part of that and and getting people aligned on um, an aligned mission is just so so powerful. So I think when we can think about how can we take things that maybe we're passionate about and whatever that looks like, like it might be another organization that just like really like you feel really passionate about. And I would encourage everyone like find something, find some cause or some organization or something that really just like makes your heart break in a way. But then the work that the organization's doing, like, fuels your soul and gets you really inspired because like when I look at what ally is doing, I'm so incredibly inspired. I'm like, I need to be a part of that. And so being a part of something bigger than yourself, I think gives us so much purpose and joy that we don't get by just doing things for ourselves. If that makes sense.
0: Mm, mm. You gave me chills many times. Thank you for sharing about your perspective and thank you for sharing about the beautiful and amazing work that Ally Global does and such important work. Uh, at some point, I would love to have them on the podcast and, and learn more and, and help share the message too. Um, and, you know, thanks, Danielle, for the reminder of like really stepping back and like, what is the impact I want to have on the world? What's the purpose I want to have? How do I want to lead, How do I want to make make the world a better place. And it's so important for all of us to, to still have that in our mind in whatever way we can do that big or small today to have an organization or a cause that we really care about. And I think it just really ties into collaboration so well. And our conversation about, you know, doing things for free, it's that, that's, this is another example of where that, that can just fill us up in a totally different way, a way that money never can. Um, and mm-hmm. also permission to make a whole heck of a lot of money. And the more money you make, the more you can give. It's all really beautiful. Yeah. 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 Thank yeah. you. So good. Okay. Where can we find like switching gears here? Uh, you have a free masterclass. Um, tell us about your free master class and where people can find it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, one that is specifically around like collaborations and then what we've, been able to do with like, um, specifically in-person and virtual events, you can go to businessbabescollective.com slash breakthrough. Um, and that is, it'll bring you directly to a link where you can register. It's completely free. It's just a workshop that just shares a little bit more about our kind of journey of building community, um, and collaborating and really like getting in front of uh, your ideal people and creating those collaborations that really, um, drive community growth because I think a lot of people, they want, they want that, they want a community around their brand, but they're unsure of how to create that. And so they're, you know, doing that through social media or they're trying to, you know, do paid ads and, and all those things are amazing. But, um, the way that I teach it and I like love to talk about it is, is building those connections and relationships and collaborations. And I think that's, Actually, the best and easiest way to build community is through that, through bringing other people on board with your own vision. So that's what that workshop's all about. I
0: love it. Okay. Well, make sure there's a link to that businessbabes.com slash breakthrough. We'll put that in the show notes as well as the link to your conference episode and our episode of contracts and ally global's website. There's gonna be so many great resources. Make sure you go check those mm-hmm. out. Um, all right, now it's time for their golden girls rapid fire questions. What is a goal that you're working on right now?
1: Ooh, So good. A goal I'm working on right now is actually growing, gr- continuing to grow our community. So specifically, tangibly our email list, because I love email. Um, I'm not, I, uh, social media is, you know, it's good, but um, email marketing is where it's at. And that's a really big focus for our business and our community growth right now.
0: Mm, love it. What is the best lesson you've learned in the last year?
1: Oh, I think, I mean, it's just kind of going back to our conversation. I think connection and community and relationships are always the most important things in, in building a successful business. And whenever I've gotten off track and kind of tried to go more into like the tactical things, I kind of get lost. And it's like, it all just comes back to those relationships, partnerships, um, and I think that is what actually helps you grow, um, your own, your own, t- and achieve your own goals. So great lesson. What is the best money you've ever spent? Oh my gosh, that is so hard. Um, best
0: money. I know. I, I feel like I spent a lot of it. It's hard for me to answer this question too.
1: <laughs> um, Okay, I'm going to I'm going to say like just something that just came to my mind is um our friends got married in Italy a few years back and we decided to join them. They invited us, but we decided to join them on their honeymoon. And that is just like we created so many amazing memories. It was before before we had kids and so it was just like a memory that is just so special and something that my husband and I got to do together that was really amazing I love experiences I would spend money on experiences all day long um over tangible things
0: Mm, yeah yeah me too me too okay maybe this ties in uh if you could travel anywhere in the world right now for food where would you
1: travel and what would you eat oh my gosh for food oh that's so hard um I would say, I honestly, probably just cause it's on my mind right now, would say Italy <laughs> and, uh, at, like having an aperitivo, which is like, you know, at three or four o'clock they have like, just, you have a drink and you have this, like, I don't know whether it be a charcuterie board or something like that. And like sitting on a patio, it's more about the experience again, coming back to the experience, but like just so, so good. And also a glass of wine. I think I'm craving cause I'm at the, at the very end of my pregnancy. So, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so
0: yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know what? I think any of us are probably like, Oh, that glass of wine in Italy. Just, you just can't go wrong. Right. <laughs> can't go wrong. Yes. Um, what are words of wisdom that
1: you live by? Oh, so good. Hmm. Okay, I'm going to say something that um can I say two things?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. So one of the things is something that actually um a member of our mastermind Taylor always says is that you can do anything you want but not by yourself not not all at once. So that I really love because it goes back to the my kind of mission of community. And then also um something that I actually heard from Karen Bond which is Clarity is kindness. And I loved that. And I keep that just forefront for me.
0: Oh, those are, those are very powerful. Yeah. Thanks, Taylor. (laughs) Thanks, Karen. Thanks, Danielle. So good. (laughs) All right. Uh, What is something that you have changed your mind about? I love to normalize the idea that we are always evolving and that it's okay to change your mind and to help kind of break the identity that comes from thinking a certain way or seeing things a certain way and instead really, you know, opening up to the possibilities and changing
1: your mind. So I'd love yeah. to know for you, what have you changed your mind about? Um, great question. I think one of the things has been that it is really healthy and good to be in relationship with people that have like totally different opinions or, um, that totally disagree with us. And that like, I don't know, I think sometimes our society is all like, Oh, cut out people who don't support you or don't, you know, think the way you think or whatever it is. And it's like, no, like, I think that we actually, it's actually really, really healthy to have people who disagree with us, who have different perspectives, because it helps us see the world in a more, I guess, like holistic way. So I think being open to conversations and being open to situations that maybe make us uncomfortable or make us like, oh, that's totally against like what I believe or whatever it is, um be- being open to that and-, and having relationships with people who, who disagree. So,
0: yeah. Oh, I couldn't have said it better myself. Love that. <laughs> yes, it's so true. So true. And I feel like that is the only way that we're actually going to make the world a better place is from being able to keep those conversations and the connection open to continue moving forward. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Okay. For people that want to find you on social media, where do they go? How can they learn more about you and Business Babes and all the amazing work that you're doing?
1: Um, yeah, so you can find me at our website at businessbabescollective.com. You can find me personally on Instagram at Danny living life, Danny with an I, and you can find our business Instagram account at business babes co. If you're local to Vancouver, then you can find our Instagram at van city business babes. So those are all the ways. (laughs) And then our podcast, of course, um, business babes collective. So
0: (laughs) amazing. Okay. We'll have all of those links. Lots of great places for people to find you. Danielle, thank you so much. Um, for I hope, I don't. People listening are gonna have no idea, but this has been quite the process to make this episode happen between yeah. children and tech issues and life. Um, but you know, Danielle, you are such a amazing professional. You show up to everything with your whole heart and your mind, and so much to serve. And I thank you for persevering through all the challenges to make this episode happen, and for enlightening us all on how how to do collaborations from a place of um, you know, genuine love, respect, desire to do good in the world, and how we can create win-win solutions for everybody. So thank you. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. Well, my friend, I really hope you enjoyed this episode. Danielle is someone I have been so lucky to watch and know for the last several years, and she's built an incredibly successful and sustainable business through collaborations. Anytime she's willing to share, I definitely listen up. I hope you're walking away from this episode with a fresh perspective and ideas on what successful business collaborations can do for you and how you can start to offer your expertise and serve others in the process. This isn't a get quick rich strategy, but it also doesn't have to take forever. With the right partnerships, you can build an engaged community, successful collaborations, sustainable business, and ultimately the kind of business and life you dream of as we do this together. One of the biggest takeaways that I personally have from this episode is Danielle's message about how important having a vision is and that having a vision that inspires people is key and can actually be more meaningful and impactful and influential than necessarily how many followers you have or how many figures your business generates. This was really eye-opening for me because... I'm going to toot my own horn here for a second, but I think I'm actually really good at being visionary and good at describing this. And I feel like I've lost a little bit of this. And I don't know if it's like the social media world or our culture, but I feel like I've felt sidetracked by the numbers and not feeling like that was enough. So this reminder is awesome. And I a thousand thing, percent think she's on point. When I look back at my own life, and think about the cool things I've done from the conference I created to getting even the first couple podcast hosts and honestly all of them, my podcast launch party, getting our first real estate investors, you know, getting our real estate events going, so many things. They didn't become, come because I had a certain cloud or a certain number of followers. It really came because of my ability to see a vision, feel the vision and share that vision with others and get others on board and excited for it. That reminder that Danielle shared here, this insight was really powerful for me and it landed deeply and I hope it does for you too. If you have a vision and you can share it, you can communicate it, you can get other people enrolled, that's going to be more than enough for a lot of people. And even if you're just getting started, that's okay. Start with the vision. People will follow a vision. As always, thank you so much for listening to this episode. And I have an invitation for you, of course, uh, and that is to implement something from this episode. Now, I want you to do at least one thing. I'm an overachiever, so I'm doing two things. Number one, I am starting to track my collaborations and my conversations. Right now, it is all in my head and about 10 different platforms, from text messages to five different email addresses, and Instagram, and Facebook, and LinkedIn, and blah, 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 blah all the places. So I am right now getting new administrative support and I need help to track these things and I think Danielle's method of the spreadsheet is just the way to do that. So I am gonna get that started right away. Also, last week I actually gave a talk about how to grow a meaningful and successful career and I talked about networking and the importance of follow-up. My challenge for the audience, invitation, whatever that is, uh, was five connections to the week. So one follow-up a day. And I did it last week and I'm challenging myself to do it again this way, to find a way to help someone, to reconnect, to stay in touch and continue to plant seeds by adding value to others. So those are the two takeaways, the two things that I am going to actually do as a result of this conversation and this episode. So I wanna know, what about you? What are you gonna do? Obviously the things that I can do, feel free to copy, uh, but maybe for you, you already have a vision for the collaboration you want. Don't let it just sit in your brain. Draft the email, write the pitch, send the first message or pick up the phone and talk to someone. Get that ball rolling for a partnership or collaboration in your business today and this week. And as always, please let me know how it goes. I love hearing from you. So send me an email, send me an Instagram message. Uh, Let Danielle know too. I know she's about to have her baby, but I'll make sure I'll collect them all and share them with her when she has a time and space. I know she's gonna be super excited for you too. My friend, we are rooting for you. We believe in you. You have so much value, skills, and knowledge already. Stop thinking you don't know enough or that you need to do it alone. Let's go far and let's go together. Big love to you, my friend, and I'll talk to you soon.